hey folks, we'd like to learn a little more about you. That's why we set up a poll on our website. Just go to tomandmike.com slash poll and fill out the anonymous contact form. Hit submit and you'll have done us a huge favor. While you're there, be sure to check out the rest of the site. It's got links to our Let's Play video gaming channel, absurd blog posts, and other ways to contact us. Speaking of which, if you'd like to write to us, you can do so by sending an email to storytimewithtomandmike at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. That must make me Mike. And tonight we have a special guest with us, Ken. Uh, Ken, how are you doing? Hola. <laughs> how are you doing? Hello. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, my goodness. Is that what I said? <laughs> yes, Damn, you that think so. Lied to me. So Ken and I know each yeah, other. Ken and I know each other from uh, my army days uh, back in the uh, 90s. Technically, I think they were my army days. I think I wore the uniform much better. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. You made it fabulous. I think think you did outrank me, but, you know. Yeah, I remember remember when we were in squads uh, together and I threw a boot shining party. And we all yeah. shined our boots, and you came down to the latrine the next day, and and you were you you showed me your boots, and you had polished them to a mirror shine, but they were so beat up from your basic training that yeah. the shine didn't really look right. It just made your sh- your boots look crumpled because you beat the <laughs> hell out of those boots. I really felt like Private Pile during my army days. Uh, yeah, I, I I look back on it and think it wasn't a good fit for me, for sure. Like, I could have probably done better, but my big problem was when I, uh, whenever I would do my PT test, they would do a tape test on me, and I could never pass the tape test. So even though I could pass my PT test with flying colors every single time, they're like, you're too fat, so you can't get a promotion, and you can't get this, and you can't get that, and you're going to special PT, and all this bullshit. So I was just like, all right, well, you know what? Fuck it. You know, my time is up. I'm out. Well, I did not excel in PT. Yeah. I cannot run to save my life. Yeah. Uh, but my big problem is, you know, I like butt sex. The Army <laughs> kind of frowned on that at the time. Yeah. They were not fans of the butt sex. Um, yeah. You know? Don't ask, don't tell. Well, I guess I kind of told. <laughs> <laughs> it it sounds that way. Yeah. You get arrested for one indecent exposure, and all of a sudden you're a flaming homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be who you are. I mean, it's, you know, bullshit to not be. So. Hey, I am just glad the guy that I was making out with on the beach was not an army person because it would have been really bad if uh, a certain um, major's son would have been the one <laughs> like it was the previous week. <clears throat> Ooh. So, you're a, yeah. you're a so, bad boy. 
I was not. I was just very friendly at the time. I've changed since then. I am not friendly anymore. <laughs> yes, I remember you describing yourself as bubbly when we met. Yes, I was friendly and outgoing, and I liked people. And then I got to know people. Hmm. And then I became bitter and jaded. And now my my idol is Darth Vader. I'm still waiting for the original for an actual Death Star to be created. <laughs> so okay, that's a good. That's an interesting topic. What did you think of the sequels? Ooh, okay. So I have an unpopular opinion. I enjoyed them. I did too. They were not George Lucas Star Wars. No. And I'm okay with that. I went into them knowing it was not George Lucas Star Wars. So I enjoyed them for what they were. Mm-hmm. Do I wish the story would have made a little more sense? Yes. Do I wish they wouldn't have made Luke such a whiny brat? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, the story was fine. The cinematography or whatever your little fancy word for the little pictures was great. I enjoyed it. I saw all three of them in theaters opening night. And I'm pretty much even Star Wars to me is kind of like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as the topping isn't Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> oh, amen. Or pineapple. Or pineapple. No offense to the poor man. The poor man who was cast in that, who was taking such a beating from everybody. He acted the part, mm-hmm. in, you know, in, impeccably. But it was just a bad... Mm-hmm. It was just a bad write. That's it all. Was, it it sh- a, he shouldn't have been there. It was a bad character. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's a bad <laughs> character. It's a racist caricature. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's offensive, and mm-hmm. it's stupid, and it's insulting to the intelligence. And that is why I loved the fan theory that was going around that Jar Jar Banks was secretly a Sith, and that yes. all his bumbling and stupidity were just a way of sort of throwing people like a drunken master. You know, and if you watch all of the, the hints of it, it makes perfect sense. It really does. It really makes total sense. You're like, oh, man, you know, like like when he was out in that battlefield, he was like dodging all kinds of shots and doing all kinds of trick attacks. And he made it look effortless, but it looked like he was just bumbling. But like there are martial mm-hmm. artists that can do the same thing. They make them make it look like a mistake because they're so in control of their bodies and their physicality you know i think that lucas was messing with us with jar jar yeah i think i think he was laughing to himself going i'm gonna make these people hate this guy but i'm gonna put all these little things (laughs) in there for them to find and then they'll have all these weird theories and it's just gonna mess with all of their minds was (laughs) he really a bumbling did i really make a mistake or did i plan this all along and i'm just never going to reveal it right Hmm. That's possible. I mean, let, let's, yeah. let's keep in mind this is also the man that brought us Indiana Jones, right? Not right. counting Crystal Skull. Well, and mainly and because I've not successfully been able to watch it. I fall asleep every time. I've seen it. You're not missing anything. It's so lackluster and just sort of soulless. 
And honestly, I think that I think that that uh, uh, fucking Harrison Ford should retire because he seems miserable. He just seems like a miserable sack of shit. I don't think it's miserable, but the thing is, is he tells these people, I don't want to do the character anymore. I don't want to do the character anymore. And then they throw millions at him and he goes like, all right, fine. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to turn down that. He amount and Clint of money. Eastwood should go. He and Clint Eastwood should go and sit on a porch somewhere and just yell at kids in their yard. That's what they should both do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it, you kids! Get out of my lawn! Ah, you know, like that's that's what they should do with, with the two of them, two crotchety, craggy old men. Well, look at how long it took for uh, Harrison Ford to get his wish that Han Solo would get killed. Yeah. Yeah, but even them been killed after Empire. But even then, they brought him back in one of the one of the sequels to, when they were stand. I think it was the third, the well, final one. Yeah, nine. The, the ghost flashback. Yeah, he's dead. Let him yeah. die. Put his nuts in carbonite and let him die. <laughs> Why do you want to keep <laughs> his nuts? <laughs> because the man's got cojones. They deserve to be preserved in perpetuity. Yeah. Put that up in the Louvre. You know, may the force and these nuts be with you. (laughs) These nuts. (laughs) So, Ken, you had a pitch to me an idea that you had for the me too movement and you've been sort of teasing about it all week. And, and, and I (laughs) didn't want you to tell me anything about it because I wanted to be completely surprised. So I'd love to hear this, this theory that you have. This is a two prong attack because most of the people that have problems with the me too movement are the straight pigs. Let's be honest. Most of them are the ones that want to be able to oogle, catcall, whistle to a woman, touch her inappropriately, and just be fair enough. Along yeah. With it. yeah. So I think that any of them should A, have to go to a gay bar dressed in either a jock strap or basketball shorts, no underwear, and a tank top. By the time they leave that gay bar, they will understand what consent really means. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. And they should go during a drag show because drag queens are fierce and they will, like, pick on them immensely. Mm -hmm. But let's be real, because half the time they go, well, the woman dressed sexy. She was asking for it. Did you see how how nice she looked in that dress? Well, for us gay men, we like a man in a jockstrap and we like a man in basketball shorts. So. I would not have guessed the basketball shorts. Neither would I. It's kind of like the gray sweatpants. It's kind of like the gray sweatpants. Hmm. Especially with no hmm. underwear, you can see some movement, let me tell you that, okay? Yeah, you get the dick twitch. The dick twitch. Uh, say, Tom, that's the first time I've ever heard you say that, but uh, <laughs> I know fully what you meant and, when you said it. Yeah. And yeah, think cause... about it, you know, if you go into, if you're a straight man and you walk into a gay bar wearing a tank top and basketball shorts, you're not going to expect to get hit on. I'm, I would now. I I would I would presume. Well, I would I would expect to get hit on no matter what I was doing. So, 
Okay, well you're awfully that's, conceited for somebody who I can't at see. At some picture, level, so. I have I have I have amazing hair. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm, I'm follically challenged, so let's rub that in a little deeper, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I meant I meant no harm by that. I'm just saying that I walk in, people notice. I can't help myself. Yeah, yeah, you're super mm. insensitive to us hair uh, challenge people. <laughs> really, you know, because when I grow my hair out, like I can, it doesn't bald like normally, like you would expect. It it balds like in patches. And it's like there's parts where I can see my scalp and parts where I can't, and it's not even. So it's like, you know, fuck it. I, I just shave it. Okay, That's I why you like shave it, man, and you look badass. I, I hate both of you. I hate both of you. Why? Because when I grow when I grow it out, it's only the back half that grows. I can rock uh, a mullet like nobody's business. Solar <laughs> panels in the front, shag carpeting in the back. <laughs> I would I would just I would just shave my head if I started if I started to uh, to go bald and I've said that before so I'm just enjoying it while I got it that's all so you I don't I don't mean any shame so what's and that's how I feel about married men that is a great that's exactly how I feel about married men I just enjoy it while I got it and then they're going away (laughs) there you go so is is that We'll come back to that because um, you had a second prong to your attack here. They also have to put a face picture on a gay dating app. Pick like a Grindr. Gay dating app doesn't matter. Okay. Grinder, Scruff, Adam for Adam. I don't care what gay dating app they choose. Just put a face picture and just like a normal face picture, not like one of those, you know, fancy done up photo shoot ones that the gays tend to like for some fucking reason that I don't understand because they never look like their pictures. <laughs> Um, they don't need glamour shots. Yeah, no, we don't need no glamour shots. We just want, you know, a candid picture that shows their face. And then put it on the gay dating app and just wait. The trolls will get them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't consider myself a bad-looking individual. But I have been messaged out of the blue going, well, why would you put that picture up? That picture looks horrible. Could you have taken a worse picture of yourself? Why do people think that it's okay? There is a subsection of the gay culture that thinks that the whole reason for them to be on dating apps is to let everybody know about themselves. And that's why I like married men, because they don't get lippy because they don't want you to tell their wives. (laughs) We tying it back into the married guy thing again. I don't know how this keeps happening. I almost said that's what she said, but uh, that wouldn't have made much sense there. Well, I... Yes. No, that's what he said. I, so, okay, what is, what is the draw of married men? Is it, their, uh, is it the fact that they, they have to hide it? Is it like there's something sexy about hiding it or, or, or sneaking around? Um, I think for me, it's because they're safe. Okay. They're emotionally unavailable. I don't have to get attached. Gotcha. I don't have dreams of the white picket fence. Gotcha. Let's come, uh, quote unquote, hang out and then go back to your life. I don't have to get emotionally involved or emotionally invested. So they're safe. I have emotion and trust issues. Uh-oh. I was going to say that sounds like a defense mechanism. 
Yes, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I have tried. I have not slept with a married man in nine months. Well, that's good. That's a record for me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let me rephrase. When I'm not in a relationship, that's a a record for me. But I mean, I guess it's 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 something that you could sort of take a number of ways. But you're not cheating on anybody. Mm-hmm. They're the ones right. making the choice to do that. You're just facilitating right. it, you know. And and you're not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just seems like it, it, it's sort of like someone could argue and say, "Oh, well, you know, you're terrible for participating in that." Um, I I don't think so though because you're free to do what you want right and you know the thing is i don't feel guilty about it because one i'm not the one making the decision to cheat right i'm not in a relationship i can sleep with whoever i choose right um and two they're going to cheat either way whether it's me whether it's another guy who it is doesn't matter mm-hmm. because they're, if they want to cheat, they're going to find somebody that will cheat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, and I don't, I'm going to throw this out there, but you know, there are those in the gay community that think it's fun to sleep with married men unprotected. That sounds, when uh, they have an STD. yeah, I've heard about that. It's not prevalent. It's not a. It's not a big group, but you know, I know several people that have done so. Um, and I don't choose to associate with any of those types of people. It sounds like a good my, reason for an ass whooping. Lines in the sand. Yeah. You know, there's very few things. Yeah. There's, you know, but the thing is, is most of the time the married men can't figure out who it was, because a lot of times it's a one and done. Yeah. So they're um, taking a lot of risky behavior because they, they they can't really pick and choose quite as much as someone who was just single and out in the dating scene. Right. They've got to be very furtive about their efforts. Right. And, you know, 90% of the time, once they've met up, they delete whatever contact. Are the married men better have. lovers? Right. Are they? Right. Are they uh, just so, um, what's the word that I'm looking for here? Um, uh, like like new and excited about it that they just come Repress, off better? Or, 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 you know, is there uh, anything like that going on? Honestly, it's a mixed bag. It's just like sleeping with any of them. Some of them are really, really good and some of them are really, really not. <laughs> Ah, like I said, I and and I'm not saying just heterosexual married men. The gay community is notorious for open relationships as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so there I have slept with married gay men as well. Well, that makes sense because you know you're not tied to normal cis like. structures for relationships like for a lot of people who are cisgendered it's like you meet somebody you get married you have kids it's like a mold and that's a social it's like a social construct but a a lot of you know straight white people not just straight white people but straight people are expected to um 
follow that that mold. You're not expected to do that because you're a homosexual. So you have a no. you're not trapped in those but frameworks I will as much. It is much. The, the, my biggest problem with sleeping with a gay guy that's in a relationship as opposed to a bisexual man that's in a relationship, and we'll use bisexual because he's married to a woman, even though he's probably a closet case, um, is mm-hmm. the gay men like to lie. They'll tell you they're in an open relationship, but it's only open on that side, and the other one doesn't okay. know about it. I don't know why, but I, I swear I've had that least, conversation, I, gotcha. and somebody gotcha. told me that before. And I don't know um, why. I would tell you I, for some reason, the the gays, even though they claim to be in an open relationship, so I, and this is not everybody, this is just the broad strokes, but a lot of times when they say they're in an open relationship, they mean they're cheating on their partner and they're, they're just saying it's open so they don't feel guilty. But the other person doesn't know that it's an open relationship. Would you say that poly is pretty common in, no. in that culture? No, I would say it's not no? because to really? be in a poly relationship, communication is important. And most gay men I see. have issues with communication. Let me rephrase. Gay men have issues with honest, open ah, communication. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you think that that will change as as people have become more accepting? Do you think that'll change in the new in the future generations? Because I feel like that's very generational for us. Because I know, you know, when I was in high school, if you were suspected of being gay or if you were gay, mm-hmm. you were hounded. Yes, you were beaten. You know, and 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 nowadays people are much much, especially young people. Much, much more. Right? You got a seven-year-old going, I'm coming out as gay. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know gay was a thing at seven years old. Well, yeah, it swings. And, you know, I was very sheltered as a child. So I didn't honestly know gay was a thing until I was like 17. You know, when people called me gay, I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. I remember, I remember when you came out to me. You were like, it was like, like right after chow and you were like, can I come talk to you? And I was like, yeah, come on. And you, you, you came into my room and you closed the door and I was like, oh, you closed the door. Something's up. And you're like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And so I'm gay. And I was like, oh, I knew that. <laughs> and he was, no, which is I so have... insensitive. Like I look back on it now and I'm like, what an insensitive thing to say. But but then you were I like, well, why similar. didn't you tell me? I didn't, didn't <laughs> grasp what it was. I mean, you got to keep in mind, before my sophomore yeah. year of high school, the school that I was in, there was 100 students K through 12. I had been in the same class with the same five people. Wow. I was the sixth one. Since second grade. And we lived on the plains of Colorado. Not exactly a gay mecca. And like I said, you know, my parents Mm -hmm. were very, I won't say conservative, but like we didn't watch a lot of TV. I mean, we watched some, but not a lot, you know. So I didn't know what homosexuality was until I was, you know, 
So I moved to Illinois and I was starting to learn, but I didn't know how you knew you were gay. And the thing that I always say that was good about the army. Yeah. Is they tear you down and build you back up is what their whole thing is. Some people emerge better. Right. And some people emerge douchebags. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the but army allowed me f- to come to terms with who and what I was. I think that, so that I will never regret my time in the army because I am very confident and comfortable in who I am. Right. I think that meeting that guy that you were into at the time, I don't want to say his name, but um, mm. I think that may have helped you a lot along towards that discovery too, because you were you were crazy about that guy. Mm-hmm. I still remember him. <laughs> I can still tell you his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that that's always difficult when someone you know you have a a flame for them and they're unobtainable for some reason. You know, that's tough. Yes. And and it, and it was a tough situation for him to be in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, looking back on it, he handled it very, very well. Well, because he was a great guy. You know, he, yes, was, he was he was a really great guy. I have to I, say, I, don't I, I just I, I can't imagine uh, the hell you must have gone through not knowing. Oh, you know, not being able to put a name on a feeling and and you know needs and wants and everything else because like my my one cousin is gay and we knew he was gay before i knew what gay was is what i always joke around and say when i talk about him when we were kids we always knew something was was different about him not like bad different but just different about him and i've never known anybody that that wasn't that was gay that didn't that didn't know it from an early age it's it's I mean your story fascinates me. In hindsight, it makes sense, you know, because I remember watching GI Joe and thinking that Flint was hotter than Duke. <laughs> right. Fight me on it. Right. I, I'm, I'm not going to fight you because I think Duke. you might okay. be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Duke but, you know, was. So Duke I remember was very... thinking things like that, but I shipwreck didn't know was what more that my meant. flavor. I didn't. Yeah, I like shipwreck. Duke was very milk toast to me. Yeah, I, I was Flint, never a Duke. Flint guy. was a man of action. Yeah, Flint was a man of action. Duke was like blah blah blah. You know, I was I was shipwreck all the way. If if I was gonna go uh, with with a team, I was I was going the whole way, and I was going with shipwreck, sailor, parrot. Yeah, I know this is well. It's all there. But here's the thing. Let me put this thought in your head, there, uh, Tom. The person we were speaking of from AIT, mm-hmm. very Flint-like in yeah. appearance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's funny how very what you, in appearance. you experience when you're young falls into what you... Like, for example, I like girls with, with dark hair and glasses and um, the Baroness from G.I. Joe. Mm. You know what I she mean? She was fierce. She was fierce. <laughs> mm. She pulled off those tight outfits oh she was fierce yeah <laughs> yeah by by today's standards she'd be played by like scarlett johansson or somebody oh she yes she would be awesome 
Yeah, just they need to redo hair. a DI Joe movie and like do it good. Do it well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like really respect the subject matter. <laughs> maybe no there... uh, maybe no Channing Tatum and Dwayne the Rock Johnson for once. Well, I mean well, you could probably right? still put Channing Tatum in it, but it, it you know. I would even go for a new animated series like what they did with He-Man. You know, like they really well, Yeah, Kevin Smith did wonderful with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I want something. I want something that's like, like a little bit gritty, but not super gritty. You know, I want it more rooted in reality, but I also want it to have that comic booky feel to it. You know, with a now really you weird. That He Man is the ultimate gay cartoon character, correct? Oh, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, because think about it: when he was Prince Adam, especially if you had the action figures, Prince Adam was in purple velvet. And then he becomes the muscle man. And I say, hey, what's going on? <laughs> As I'm and sitting he here. His, and, he pulls his sword, and he pulls his sword out and says, I have the power. That was yeah. totally a dick reference. As I'm sitting here, yes, I, I have Skeletor, an original Skeletor with battle damage sitting behind me and sitting perched upon a battle cat. Uh, so I'm um, I'm I'm right there with you. I didn't really have that many He Man. I think I only had one He Man. It was the one with the battle damage, and I lost him somewhere along the way. Him and uh, and Man at Arms uh, disappeared. I think I might have had Beast Man too. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. I know you want to yeah, sing some of it. The original Prince Adam had had purple velvet. I remember the. <laughs> do you guys remember the slime thing? It was like this, it was Hordak's little slime pit, and it was this big skull Mm -hmm. that was on a tilt, and you would put your character, your little plate, your your figure in He's an action figure. Action figure, yeah. That's right. And you would pour this slime into the top (laughs) of the skull, and it would flip down, and it would coat them in it. Um, Can we just call a doll a doll here, okay? No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to step in yeah. and go, dude, it's a doll. <laughs> okay, it's a fucking doll. Okay, you yeah. are correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there was like this warning on the box that said, hey, don't use this on Moss Man or Prince Adam. And my friend had Moss Man. Yeah. And and Moss Man was crushed velvet man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like so my friend didn't know that and he was the original closet case. (laughs) I don't even know if he was such a closet case. He was more he didn't seem very interested in the opposite sex at all to me. No. He was I, I feel that he had a rich sex life. With like some concubine in the palace, or maybe yeah, I think a, it was one of the guards. Yeah, one of the guards. <laughs> I think it could have been could have been Manny Faces for all we know. Oh, you know, I'm thinking he had Ram play- Man. Did he get rammed by Ram Man? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had a lot of a lot of lovers on the side. I think he had a thing with Man at Arms personally. I don't know. I mean, he kept pulling out his sword and saying, I have the power. So obviously, he was a top. <laughs> wow. You know, in that respect, too, now I'm looking to Thundercats differently because Lion O. Um, oh, he was totally banging a Panthro. Uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Totally and who could blame him? Panther was a specimen. 
I got to say, I love Thundercats. I'm a big fan of Thundercats. I own the DVD of the original first season of Thundercats mm-hmm. on DVD. So that's how I love them. But can we get over it? I mean, come on now. He shines a, po- a lightning, uh, a laser pointer in the sky to get the cats to come. <laughs> how great is this? <laughs> I remember back in, two th- in the early 2000s, uh, I got on eBay and bought an entire run of VHS, like like recorded from TV VHS tapes of, of all the G.I. Joe, I'm sorry, all the um, Transformers episodes from season one all the way to after the movie. And um, I tried to sit that and watch them. Good. I tried to sit and watch them. I couldn't even get through one episode. It was so corny and like, you know, I just couldn't get my head around it at all. Hmm. So if we're going to talk about movies that need to be done correctly, Transformers would be the top of that list. I don't know what those Michael Bay movies are, but they are not Transformers. No, no. no. Those are garbage. Yeah, he totally destroyed the franchise with with those um, um imaginings if you will of the transformers yeah. yeah they killed megatron in the first movie for crying out loud megatron is supposed to be a long-standing enduring and then they brought back galvatron and it's like but galvatron is megatron what are you talking about now which megatron now are, we, are we talking about they should have are we talking megatron the gun the gun absolutely the god Absolutely. Yeah. The gun. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking generation one transformers. Yeah. That's what I want to see transformed transformed yeah. into a movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the original stuff leading up to the movie, that would be great as like a prequel. And then they could actually do the movie in live action, like the old cartoon movie. Like Make it like oh, another I, hour. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I could handle watching Optimus Prime die in, in a real in a live action movie. That <laughs> yeah. might be too emotionally damaging yeah. for me. It was for me when it happened. Yeah, one died. Yeah, I, I remember and cried. I didn't actually get to see it, but one of my my best friend at the time lived up the street from me. Told me about it, and I cried. <laughs> And I was yeah. like, I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even well, see I did it that. firsthand, and I was like, Oh my god, he killed Optimus Prime. Uh, you know. You know, everybody talks about how, you know, killing off Superman was the big change of comics and stuff because they killed Superman. I'm like, bitch, please, they killed Optimus Prime like 10 years ago. Right. Are you more of a DC Comics guy or are you more of a, a Marvel or are you something else like like Image or something? I am in the middle Okay. I I have more knowledge of Marvel. Same. Um, and prior to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is wonderful, by the way, if you haven't seen Hawkeye yet, it's amazing. I loved it. I have not um, seen it yet. It's amazing. I loved it. That and I kind of have a man crush on Jeremy Renner. I don't know why. I mean, he just he looks like he'd be really good in bed. <laughs> <sighs> Um, but anyway, uh, but I do enjoy some DC characters as well. I mean, obviously, Batman is DC. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I have. Not, I have yet to see a bad live action Batman movie. And yes, that includes Batman and Robin. I kind of enjoyed the Bat, Bat nipples. I was in a Chris O'Donnell phase when the Bat nipples came out, so I was in heaven. Okay. What about 
Um, what about, what about um, Batman versus Superman? You like that too? Because that was really hard for me to get through. Yeah, I have a hard time with well, that I'm gonna one. Tell I watched it for the very first time like two months ago. Okay. I did not watch it when it came out. But I have learned in my old age, especially when it comes to comic books and stuff and them changing the stories and stuff, you need to just enjoy it for what it is. But that's the problem. It wasn't so much that they changed the story. It was that the movie felt like it was about an hour longer than it needed to be. You know, it it just felt really drawn out. And I mean, I like the stuff with dark side. That was interesting. But just like my all this biggest stuff, problem with it is it, it seems like it was they were trying to copy the MCU and they did it badly. And that's the problem. That's all the DC movies right now. Uh, like, you know, they were trying all, all Batman versus Superman was supposed to accomplish was to set up Justice League. Right. That's the whole reason that movie fucking exists. Right. But they didn't do it well. They right. tried to go, they're like, oh, Marvel did it well. We can do it with our stories well. Well, they picked the wrong fucking story. Yeah. That being said, I would watch I would watch Ben Affleck and, Hen, and uh, Henry Cavill watch, read the phone book. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and anything where Wonder Woman's going to kick an ass, I'm on board because that woman is fierce. And she could tie. I I, I am one hundred percent gay, but she could so tie me up with that lasso of truth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you can appreciate the other sex. You know, even if you're not sexually attracted to them. Oh yeah, not at all. Vaginas are gross. Yeah, I I'm. I'd say I'm probably like thirty percent gay, something like that. Like there is there is a compelling nature to it, but. First of all, I mean, you know, Jennifer and I are never, ever leaving each other. <laughs> it's just not no. going to happen. You know, we're, we're lifers. No. So none of that's really relevant. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to think about and everything, but it's not relevant to my life in any way. Because so, to me, but- it's not like, oh, I have to re-engage who I am because there's this ca- this aspect to me that I've discovered later in life. Like, no, it's just part of who I am, you know? It's funny that you bring that up because, you know, I was there at the beginning of your relationship, as you remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I still think to this day, I'm still waiting for her to off you, just so you know. (laughs) I am convinced that's how your love story is going to end. She's going to murder you. (laughs) I have thought that since the beginning. I'm like, one day she's just going to decide that she doesn't want to put up with this crap anymore. And she's just gonna kill him. Didn't you buy a buy us a cookbook on how to kill your spouse? Was that you who bought that? I don't remember, but it wouldn't surprise me. I remember you wanted to torment me because she was we had briefly but she had briefly been pregnant before she had a miscarriage. But um I remember uh. You were like so gung ho to buy as many noisy toys as possible yeah. for this baby. You're like, I'm gonna and I be still do that just so you know. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, I was like, I would give you the murder stare. I was like, please don't do that. I hate noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. 
you two were present for a milestone in my young life. Yeah. Yeah. You two got me drunk for the first time. Yeah. And then you left me in the murder apartment, drunk off my ass with the pink wall movie playing while I am toasted beyond words. Yeah, that wasn't a good choice for your first time to watch the Pink Floyd The Wall is when you're roaring drunk. <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah, you know, we had I this. Could, now I could watch it being roaring drunk and I'd be fine. But, you yeah. know, back to the sheltered upbringing. I was 18 and had never been drunk. Yeah. I just remember that you got so sick that. Yeah. You were you spent half the night in my bathroom, and my bathroom was uh, brightly tiled pink, like the whole room was 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 just shockingly pink. I don't know why that particular choice was made. Usually in the, in apartments, it's just sort of a neutral color, but they chose pink, and you kept going, "Ah, oh, God, I have to go to the pink room." <laughs> And I was like, man, you're going to have an aversion to the color pink now. Yes. And then I, I, what I remember the most is that hallway your apartment was in. I don't remember. The pattern on the carpet was very weird. Especially oh, when in the drunk. hallway outside? Yes, because you kept wanting me to go outside and get some air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place was yeah, it was very and like want, So I'm trying to walk down this like psychedelic hallway drunk. <laughs> It was just a hot mess. It was like a Kubrick oh, it was movie. Not one of my finest hours. <laughs> not one of my finest hours. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad that you did it with us because there's some people who would have been shitty to you for for falling asleep. I hate that. Like when you're at a party or whatever, and I haven't done this okay. in years, but yeah, someone decides to write on your face or fucking put your hand in water or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to be real. I did not fall asleep. I passed out, okay? Oh, you passed out. Did, did we go okay. for breakfast the next morning? I can't remember. I think we did because then I, I had to get back to base. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I will tell you that riding the train system, whatever the subway in D.C. is called, not pleasant when you're hungover either. Ugh. No. Barely pleasant when you're sober. Right? Yeah. You know, you got some guy peeing in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that wasn't me. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, did I? But no, I'm pretty sure that wasn't me. Do you Ken, do you remember uh, McGowan? Does that name ring a bell to you? The name rings a bell, but I can't get a face. A face is not coming up. He was this kind of weird, he was sort of short, a little pudgy, kind of had the same build as me. And he had like a, a leather bowler cap that he would wear around. Yes. Yeah, he was really super pretentious. Yes. Yeah. He he was like he would sit in guard duty, like like hall monitor duty, whatever you call it, and and he would have his dulcimer, which is like this really intricate instrument, and he'd have his dulcimer and he'd be playing like 
Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star and like shit like that. Or he'd be sitting there spit shining his leather hat. I shit you not. He actually sat there with his fucking leather hat and a can of polish and spit shined the entire thing to a reflective shine. It was so fucking stupid. I remember he showed up in a formation at, when we came back from Christmas. He showed up in a formation wearing a full gorilla suit. <laughs> with blinking lights. It was like, dude, I don't what is that. Yeah, what a weird fucking guy. <laughs> I also remember that time we had the Halloween party for all the people who were not allowed to leave base yet. Oh yeah, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were like the star of the show cuz you you came out as Darth. Yeah. I tend to do that a lot. <laughs> uh no pun intended, but yeah, you 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 were you were rocking the Darth. And you won first prize if I remember correctly. I'd be dressed Darth Vader an awful lot. <laughs> Do you think I'm not going to say her last name, but let's just say Drill Sergeant M? Oh yeah, totally. Oh, to- totally. Okay, you uh-huh. already knew where I was going. Planet yeah. Nation, Planet Nation. Yeah. <laughs> get her a broken stock and get her to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did not like seeing guys naked either. I, I accidentally answered, answered the door one time in my underwear. She flipped the fuck out. Is that the me. one who used to talk like this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like oh my God, mystery. how did you do her voice so well? <laughs> I've Man, heard it. <laughs> I've heard it a few times. You will listen to me, private. What are you doing? <laughs> I remember one time this guy who was prior service was reclassing his MOS and and uh, he said he said Roger that drill sergeant or something like that or Roger that I forget what he said he said you talk to your drill sergeant like that what's the matter with you <laughs> guy after afterwards he just he looked at me he just rolled his eyes like wow she's high strung well, see, I will say, because my AIT experience was vastly different than yours, the drill sergeants were very supportive for me. They were. They were. Um, well, I, I mean, had, they were very, very supportive for me. Um, are you, are you comfortable you, talking about the, what happened? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So I remember you came to me and you said that you had filled a, you had made a, container of Kool-Aid and you'd crushed up a bunch of pills and put it in it and you were yeah. thinking about drinking it and I was like and yeah. you said please don't tell anybody and I had that was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make was like and I was so mad at you you were, were you mad at me oh I was so mad at you I was so fucking pissed dude I I had to do what I had to do you so, did and and I'm and I, you know, I don't regret it. I don't regret it because I think I, I may have really ultimately helped you a lot. Yes. And like I said, the drill sergeants were very helpful in that situation. They were very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how did you get over your anger towards me? Because you never expressed that to me. There was just so much going on at the time that that was, it was like just put to the back of my head. Yeah. Um, I was so trapped in my own head that it just, you know, expressing anything about anybody else just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I get that. Well, you know, and I had still, you know, faced mental health challenges throughout my entire life. You know, I am diagnosed bipolar. Yeah. So am I. Um, Are you type one or type two? You know, uh, type two. Okay. Same. So more depressive Um, episodes than, than manic ones, like occasional hypomania, but never really the far flung psychotic level manias that you see. Well, and I tend, I'm a rapid cycler. Yeah, my cycles tend to last days instead of weeks. Um, you know, so, and you know, the army probably exacerbated that condition a little bit. Oh, absolutely, it did for me. Um, you know, but I came out the other side, you know, and now I'm fabulous. <laughs> I think you'd have been fabulous whether you came out the other side in the army or not. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, well, I do joke, you know, when I came out of the closet, there was nothing but splinters and fairy dust left. <laughs> <laughs> well, because look at it this way, you know, when your DD form 214 says general under honorable conditions for homosexual conduct, you're kind of outed. For the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be anybody's fucking business, damn it. It's true. You are done bad. And it's not anymore. The current administration is supposed to be reviewing all the people that got kicked out uh, during Don't Ask, Don't Tell and upgrading their discharges from general to honorable. He announced that on Pride Day this year. um, But I've not heard anything about it. But I only served a year and a half of my five-year enlistment, so I didn't qualify for any benefits anyway. But I'm hoping that if they're reviewing it, that might change. Yeah, I I hope that does happen for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No reason it shouldn't. You served your time just like anybody else. You You did good work. You deserve those benefits, especially the the VA loan, you know. Well, I don't really need the VA loan now because I have my house. Yeah, that's true. But, but it would be nice ever... to like refinance it, you know, and get yeah. my ex off of it and stuff. That would be fabulous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I, and you know, I will tell you, I still carry a dog tag in my wallet. Oh, really? I lost yeah, mine I a long have, time ago. I still have a dog tag in my wallet. It was tragic. I had all my old army stuff in my duffel bag and I kept it in my garage or in my shed and rats mice got into it and just ate it all to shit. So I lost all yeah. that stuff. I lost my DD two fourteen form like 20 years ago and I've requested it like six times and they can never find it. <laughs> well, I personally think that people who were put out of the military under the don't ask, don't tell deserve some kind of additional benefit. Truth. Some sort of some sort of monetary consideration, like a stipend or something, because because they were. I mean, I realized that was policy at the time, but that was a toxic and ridiculous policy. And if they really want to make amends for all the people who were hurt by that, 
they would make some kind of recompense for the loss. Because I know, I know that that fucked you up. Because you liked the army, as I recall at the time. You seemed to like yeah. it at that time. And I'm going to tell you a little story about me getting kicked out of the army. So I don't know who all that they contacted that I had served with. But I know that they had contacted said person that we named or that we did not name earlier. Right. Um, that is when I stopped fighting because I could not ask him to lie for me. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. The policy was toxic, but it was also very flexible in how it was applied. Mm. My uh, attorney from that the Army provided me had three cases that were don't ask, don't tell uh, related during my time. One was somebody trying to get kicked out and his commander refused to allow it. So I had the unluckiness of my company commander was a Bible thumper. Great. Um, so there was no leeway. None whatsoever. Yeah. None whatsoever. Um, and the other two people that she was representing at the same time as me, like I said, one was fighting to get out, um, and the other one wasn't trying to fight it. She just didn't care either way. Um, you know, so I was the only one fighting to stay in. And, you know, and she pretty much told me, even though we agreed to fight it, and she pretty much told me that it wasn't going to work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we had the police report of me with another guy in public. Well, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. That... so she told me that there was really no way around it. You know, we, we were trying the defense of, you know, it was just a stupid one off thing. I was lying my ass off, which I have to say that was very, very hard for me. Yeah, because, you know, when you're in the army, you take the oath, you, you know, it's all about honor, respect, loyalty. Right. And to have to lie to continue to serve really fucked me up. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, when I knew that they had contacted said person, that's when I said, okay, I'll go. I'll go quietly. Because I couldn't ask my friends to lie on my behalf. And if they were so serious that they were going to talk to people from my past service, AIT, basic, whatever. Yeah. That if they wanted me out that bad, then I needed to go. And that's when I gave up. And I will tell you, two weeks after I gave up, I was out of the army. I was on my way home. Yeah, they don't screw around. When they want you out, they want you out. Because I remember the medical hold guys. Like, medical yeah, hold but, people would be held for fucking years. Yeah. But my, my company commander wanted me gone. Something similar happened to me where I had uh, gotten in trouble a lot. And, and uh, I started using sick call a, a lot. And uh, my first sergeant, who reminded me of DMX... <laughs> <laughs> He just had that voice and that presence. Tom, you're going to make me lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. 
So he he one time he's like Private Do you like the army? And I was like, mm, not anymore, first sergeant. He goes, Do you want out? I was like, Yes. He's like, I'm gonna help you out. So I don't like having people in places they don't belong. And a month later I was out. He pulled strings. It was like I knew he didn't like me, but he did me a huge favor by letting me escape from, because, you know, I had been diagnosed with bipolar and he was like, he went basically to medical and he was like, do we have any reason why we can get rid of him? And, and, you know, like they were like, yeah, he's bipolar, you know, you never should have gone in the first place. And, uh, I got out on general under honorable conditions um, or honorable under medical. I can't remember which. Um, but getting out was one of the best things for me because I was so miserable and I was so confused. And I would say that I'd probably do better in it now because I'm more cynical. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you forget. I was public affairs. I wrote for the Post paper. I drank the fucking Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. Right. My whole life was telling you what the Kool-Aid was. That's what I fucking did. Yeah. I was the Kool-Aid dispenser. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. And then to be told, oh, no, you can't do it anymore. Yeah, it really wrecks you. I lost my I lost my discipline at some point. I lost my, my, my sight. I had a lot to do, of course, with not being able to get promotions or awards because I was due my fair share, and it just never happened because... You know, uh, too fat. Sorry, too fat. Total discrimination. Didn't have any impact whatsoever. My uniform fit just fine. <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, huge. Like I had a little belly. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like I was, I was like panting when I walked up a flight of steps. I was in great shape. It just pisses right. me off that I was sort of just, they were just like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. You're not going to get anything. You're just going to keep going to special PT forever. And, you know, it, it, it just burned me out on the whole thing. Otherwise, I might have made a career out of it. I mean, yeah, I'd be retired right now. Right. I'd be collecting, you know, I'd be able to buy in because I work. I work for a government entity now and. And and I would be able to buy in all my military time and be able to retire in ten years, right. you know, with a full pension. Like like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it was what it was, and it is what it is. Yeah, the universe works in strange ways. It does. What happens is what was meant to happen. I guess may it all worked out. May not have made sense at the time, and it may not have been what you wanted, but, you know. My boss tells me this, told me this story, because I work in, in traffic safety, and there was this woman who wrote into us and said that the blinker, like the turn indicators on the back of cars and the front of cars were not the right color. They were, they needed to be a specific color and the color she demanded they be was French's mustard yellow. 
And she would call my boss once a week and she sent him a laminated yellow French's mustard yellow sheet reminding him of this to the point where my boss actually developed a series of, of excuses that he could get out of talking to her and gave them to his, our secretary with stuff like he has decided to join the army or he is not available because he ate too many beans. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. But she finally, like my boss had to get like basically an, uh, like a desist, a cease and desist order sent to her to stop calling and emailing us and, and, and let, sending us letters because it would never end. You know, Tom, that's a fantastic story, and we'd all love to hear more about it, but I just looked at the clock, and we are out of time. So it's going to have to be a story for another time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you, like, French's mustard-colored paper, I, that stuck with me. I don't know why. Uh, feels right. Feels like the right shade of yellow. Yeah. Bye.